You're listening to the Visual Vocalist Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Prinson. Join me and let's explore all things vocal, including technique, mindset, training and performance in an effort to unleash your full vocal potential. All right, welcome to the Visual Vocalist Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Prinson. Thanks for joining. All right, in uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about building your dream voice, okay? So we're going to do this not only from... (laughs) The fantasy side that we all have when we listen to really good singers, especially our favorites, but also from a vocal training standpoint, okay? So let me give you a little background on how I started doing this and how I started teaching this. When I was young and I started taking lessons, of course, most of you know my story that know about me. Um... I couldn't sing anything. Actually, I couldn't couldn't go any higher than G4 without screaming. Okay, so I had no high range. I had a low voice. I didn't have any kind of falsetto. I had nothing. I was a drummer that wished he could sing. Okay, but I always listened to really, really good singers on the radio, on albums, live. I just was obsessed with really, really good vocals. And luckily, the time period that I grew up in, uh, the, the late 70s and the 80s, all the way through the early 90s, seemed to be, arguably, a time frame where the best singers were performing. You had Steve Perry from Journey. You had Lou Graham from Foreigner. You know, Jeff Tate from Queensryche. Michael Kiska from Halloween. You had Rob Halford from Priest. Dio. David Coverdale, Joe Lynn Turner. I mean, the list is endless just for this time frame, okay? So I had listened to all these people. I couldn't even begin to attempt to imitate them because I didn't know how to use my voice yet. Well, after I started studying voice and I started to get some improvements and some range cooking, I was told by my teacher, okay, you're starting to get this, so now I want you to bring a song to session. So what we would do is we would spend the first part of the hour uh, doing technique, and then he would reserve maybe the last 15 minutes of the session, and he'd ask you to bring a song. And he would sit down on the couch, and he would listen, and then he would critique, tell you what to work on. Well, of course, (laughs) when I was young, I brought songs that were just way too big for me, way too big. And he would tell me, hey, you brought this to session. You have to sing it no matter what comes out. And then he would encourage me to not come off of technique, but to strive to keep pushing and pushing the right way, which was very valuable to me. But I told him from the first lesson and all the way through, I would brag about great singers. I would brag about Jeff Tate from Queensryche, Rob Halford from Priest, and so on and so forth. And then my teacher... Al Cohen, I just call him Al, Al would tell me what was going on with each singer's voice, what they were doing. And because he noticed that I was bringing the same songs by, you know, it was usually either Priest or Queensryche the majority of the time. And he would tell me about the vowels and he would tell me about what they're doing, how they're placing the voice, the shape of their voice, the vibrato style, the tone, the grit, the vocal effects, everything, the pronunciation, 
the signature qualities, okay? So all of these things I just kind of told you about that he was telling me about are kind of the formula for decoding some of these voices or for um, using technique to actually find some of these things in your own voice, okay? So I ended up with a voice that a lot of people say, Eli, you sound like the guy from Halloween, or you sound like Jeff Tate from Queensryche, or you sound like a mixture of Rob Halford and, you know, you know Michael Kiska, or some people, you know, when I sing with distortion, they'll say, wow, you sound like a mixture of Dio and David Coverdale. And I think, wow, that's, that's a heck of a compliment, <laughs> right? They all are, really, because those were all of my vocal heroes. Well, the funny thing is, is of those four or five different singers that I mentioned, there were qualities that I emulated and that I used to use because while I was training and learning to sing, that was the stuff I was listening to. So if you think about it, I had influences, okay? So you listen to guitar players, famous guitar players, you know, instrumentalists uh, being interviewed and they will, you know, it's really common for them to ask these musicians who were their influences, right? And it's the same thing with singers. We have influences. We have influences. So people that we listened to, we really admired and we just, we heard things in their singing that we absolutely loved. And then in our own singing, we somewhere down the line, we're probably imitating them or imitating three, four, five, six different singers and picking up little habits from each one. Okay, see where I'm going with this? So building your dream voice. My dream voice when I was a kid, 17, 18 years old, was a mixture. Okay, I'm let the cat out of the bag. It was a mixture of Rob Halford's high uh, high voice and kind of, kind of his middle, middle range. I loved his eh vowel, E-H, eh. I loved his eh vowel. I loved James Labrie's eh vowel. Okay. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting microscopic here. Okay. Jeff Tate. I loved the sound of his E vowels when they were clean. They're really operatic sounding. I loved his low range as well as his high range. I loved Bruce Dickinson's uh, dramatic uh, pronunciation. I loved his wide band vibrato, right? I loved a lot of things about Dio's voice. I loved the grit on his voice. I loved the, the intense storytelling that he put on the delivery of his vocals. I loved the tone and grit and swagger in David Coverdale's voice. I loved Michael Kiska's in, insane range and raw sound that sounded a lot like Jeff Tate from Queensryche, but it was a little more raw. There was a, a, a faster vibrato and a, a lower vibrato. It was, or a slower vibrato rather. So as you can see, there's just a list of different things that all these singers had that I loved. So those parts of their voice became an influence for me. So it was almost like being Dr. Frankenstein in, in my coach's studio. I would bring these songs in. 
he would tell me, okay, this is what he's doing right here. This is what he's doing right here. Because I, I would ask him, how do I get that sound that he's doing right here? And I did that so much that I started to understand what they were doing. or I started understanding how to kind of pick apart several different characteristics in someone's voice. Their favorite vowels. Like if you think about Steve Perry and he has that kind of a cat yawn ah vowel that he kind of rides a lot and does a lot of it. He's famous for that. Okay. And anyone that, a lot of people that imitate Steve Perry that don't sound just like him and no one ever will. I'm sorry. Uh, Arnell's the closest one, (laughs) but they always overdo that ah vowel. They always do. Okay. So then eh, like if you ever listen to Rob Halford and he's holding out a note, usually around A or B flat or B and it, and he has that kind of tremolo vibrato, but it's always like an eval, like on uh, heading out to the highway. He says, a chance before I fail. It's like eh, and he uses compressed head voice. I'm sorry, there were no effects there, (laughs) but he uses the compressed head voice and he's shaping eh, like egg, instead of ah, like fall. A chance before I fall. No, he says eh. And I always love that. I love that. And I love the sound of um, James Labrie's eval, how clean it was, and how much it remind me of Steve Walsh and Dennis DeYoung, except for put into the progressive metal world. All right? So, favored vowels. All right? Like, think about Bruce Dickinson, you know, doing that wide band vibrato and a dramatic kind of an E, you know, it's just insane. So I had to learn how to create different vibrato uh, width and speed and styles that vary between the pitch and speed. And I did it (laughs) because I wanted all these little things. I would ask my coach, we would pick it apart. And then after some time, when I was getting my improvements, I started Frankensteining my own style. So I put all of these elements in there and it felt quite natural to me because I wasn't trying to sound exactly like someone else, but I had found techniques that could be used to get those sounds. Not me trying to strain from my throat or do something really weird or sing too nasal or do something like that. I actually was using techniques that these other singers were using. Okay. So speaking of that, I want to talk about really common misconceptions on, I'll just say on YouTube, we'll pick on YouTube for any video you see in this world. Okay. Um, I have videos on there as well, my YouTube channel, but I, um, I, I have a lot of students bringing questions, new students bring questions all the time. And they always are, even students I've had for a while, they're like, Eli, I saw this video. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> they're like, I saw this video and this guy says that you'll ruin your voice if you try to sound like someone else. And um, first of all, I'll, I'll ask him, have you ever heard this guy sing? Or what does he sound like? Or what does she sound like? And they may say, oh, I don't know, or I've never heard them sing or they're a classical teacher or a former opera singer, or if they are uh, an established singer with some albums and something you can listen to, then I would tell them, okay, let's pull it up. Let's listen. And almost every single time 
they sound like they, you can pick out their influences. You can pick out their influences. And I'll just tell people, look, what I teach when I teach these quote unquote, how to sing, because <laughs> I had a, a series back in like 2014 or 15, and I'll have the link in the description um, of this podcast, but I had a, uh, a vocal add-on program to my flagship program uh, called the HVT Classic Metal Vocal and Scream Modeling Program. And all it, all it is is um, a program where I teach you how to go through every single technique and create or actually be able to use good vocal technique or hybrid vocal technique and actually get closer to the sounds of the singers. And in that program, it was from the 80s, the 80s metal. So I had I caught a lot of flack from other coaches. That's back when you used to be able to private message people through YouTube and they would tell me, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. And they used to tell me, you can't belt. And I'd be like, well, I am and my students are. What do you mean they can't? And <laughs> but they would tell me, you're going to ruin voices. And I, and I would reply and say, why? By teaching good technique. And um, so I think a lot of things are, are misconceptions or things that are parroted from teacher to teacher, you know, down the down the, uh, down the line, you know, so whether someone's saying belting is super dangerous or belting is pulling chest and they give you an example of someone with their mouth, like a big circle, sticking their tongue out and putting their veins in their neck, sticking out and going, you can't do that. That's pulling chest. And it's like, okay, if you do that, you're never going to be able to belt and sing in chest because you're doing everything wrong and you're demonstrating the wrong way to do something. So it's, you are kind of right. Because if you do it like that, you'll never do it. And it's the same thing with how to sing like, all right? Um, I've heard other teachers put, or I remember back then I saw teachers doing how to sing like, and they would basically just sing like themselves singing other people's songs. And, and I used to laugh. I used to think, oh my God, this is, you know, this is not sound like how to sing like, just, let's just say it was you know, Rob, or not Rob Halford, but uh, Bruce Dickinson or something, how to sing like Bruce Dickinson. And then they would just cover the song and sing it in head voice and it would sound nothing like Iron Maiden, you know? So that kind of, that kind of made me laugh and got me interested in doing this. So I went ahead and created that program and I basically just used good vocal technique after listening to the singer. I would listen to the song, listen to the vocals, and I would analyze their, the shape of their voice, whether it was a fat or thin sound, all right? I would examine the signature qualities of their voice, the pronunciation, the favored vowels, like when I was talking about Steve Perry, ah, or Don Dawkins or Klaus Mina with that, that kind of almost nasally cat yawn sounding ah vowel or Rob Halford's eh, right? Those are their favored vowels, ones that they tend to use a lot and even replace other vowels with. I'd analyze their vibrato style, whether it was above, below, or above and below the pitch, the speed, or is it tremola, right? I'd examine their tone, uh, the grit in their voice and how they place it. I'd listen to the vocal effects that they would typically use and see if there was a pattern to that. If they 
used, you know, if it was from album to album or if it was like a, a signature type of a preset. And we'll just use Ozzy Osbourne, for example. Almost everything you listen to of Ozzy, you, you can hear the, um, the vocal harmonizer on there. It's like a, a doubling, nice thick vocal harmonizer and usually like a pan, quarter pan delay. And, and so you start to hear patterns like that. And all of these things matter when you're trying to get close to the sound of someone's voice, whether it be for, um, for a tribute band or if you're in a band that does covers, right? You, you play other people's music. The problem with playing other people's music is that, first of all, it's not a problem when you can pull it off, right? Everyone loves to listen to good songs that they've grown to love their whole lives in the past 30 or 40 years of listening to really good bands, right? But the problem or the potential problem is when someone's voice is just so signature sounding, so like, like let's just say from different sides of the spectrum, the first word that comes out of Tom Petty's mouth, you immediately are like, oh, wow, Tom Petty. I mean, it just totally unique. Same thing with Bon Scott, Brian Johnson, both are the ACDC singers, right? Or the things they do with their voice, a weird little, like Michael Kiska, I'll just give you one off of my, off of the uh, metal program that I have. He does this thing where he does like a little tail on the end of his voice and then he'll speed his vibrato up sometimes. And it's usually like, like if he does, he does a really dramatic E, right? So he's like, and it just kind of goes off. He does that all the time. All right. So those are signature qualities, signature sounds that someone will make with their voice, right? Or um, what's actually technique, the cry sound in uh, Michael Kiska and Jeff Tate, or uh, the singer from uh, Fate's Warning, Ray Alder, the cry sound. Before I started studying voice, I used to think that was just like a stylistic choice, but it's actually vocal technique. It's actually vocal technique. And I learned that from my teacher because he did study um, back when Jeff Tate was studying with Maestro David Kyle, my teacher was studying with Maestro David Kyle. And he told me all this stuff, and then he taught me all this stuff. So, back to our topic here. All right, I took, a, took, a, took you on a wild ride, but I think you see where this is going. I think you see where this is going. You can Frankenstein and quote-unquote build your dream voice with technique. You can absolutely do it, but you have to be a really good listener, a really good listener. Take songs with your favorite singers. Listen to what they're doing. Listen to the vowels, the shape of their voice. Is their voice round? Is it thin? So listen to the shape of that voice. Listen to for those signature qualities like I talked about and, and pronunciation. Right, pronunciation, you know, how, how much intensity someone's putting into stuff, shaping things with their mouth, their favorite vowels, their vibrato. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it wide? Right? You see where I'm going? The effects, the delays, echoes, doubling, etc. And then if you've studied uh, and you understand all of these techniques and how to create them, then you're just using your instrument. It's not like you're straining from a strange place and you're forcing this, you know, and forcing that. 
And also not to, you know, not to blow smoke, I'll say this as well. You have to analyze the person's voice and analyze your own voice. Is it close to your own voice? Is it something that you can possibly create through technique? All right. There's going to be some voices that you're going to be able to nail. And there's some that are going to be, you know, you're going to do your best and it's going to be better than if you just sing it your own way. I'm, I'm just being honest. Okay. So I took, let's uh, sum this all up. I, <laughs> I went from a guy that just screamed everything to try to, in an attempt to hit a note and couldn't do it, to singing uh, with a lot of bands that I grew up idolizing. <laughs> okay. So I had good training. I was very lucky. I had very good training and was very persistent and was a good listener. I, you know, I had one thing going for me as well as that I was good at imitating. I used to do that as a kid. I used to love to do impressions and stuff. So that came from listening very close to the sound and the creation of what someone was either speaking or singing. And so I would go through this stuff. And then after I was studying with my coach and he was breaking down things to solve problems with me while we were song coaching, then I started putting all those together. Okay. And you can too. So that does it for, <laughs> for this, um, this episode of the visual vocalist. And, uh, if you'd like to build your dream voice and learn more about me and hybrid vocal technique, head over to hybridvocaltechnique.com and explore all of the vocal training options made available to you, such as HVT vocal training programs, private one-on-one -on -one online coaching with me, or you can even become a VIP member and get streaming access to the entire HVT vocal training library, VIP community, Q&A live streams where I do giveaways. I give a lesson away every month, legacy content from Al Cohen, and discounted lessons. All right. So the choice is yours. Please make it today and let's sing. See you next time.